world's becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick Bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. Lipstick Bodyguard. Fear no evil. Get yours today only at LipstickBodyguard.com. The Alzheimer's Association estimates there are about 16 million Americans caring for a family member with some form of neurocognitive disease. To them, life can often feel like an out-of-control freight train filled with 36-hour days. This week on Parents Are Hard To Raise, Diane's special guest expert, Molly Visnevsky, founding editor of TheUpsideToAging.com, is here to offer some much-needed advice. Welcome to Parents Are Hard to Raise, helping families grow older together without losing their minds. I'm elder care expert Diane Berardi. We have a very special guest today, Molly Wisniewski, who's a freelance writer. She's a consultant in aging services, and she's become a well-known advocate for dementia care. She also is the founding editor of the UpsideToAging.com. And Molly, when, when I look at your blog, it's really impressive and it's really refreshing because Molly is looking at the individual with dementia in a different way. She's looking at their heart and she's looking at them as a person. She's not looking at their illness. So welcome, Molly. Oh, Diane, thank you so much. Um, uh, thank you for having me. Oh, you're really welcome. Excited to be here. <laughs> We're happy to have you. And um, you. so, how did your passion for the elderly come about? Sure. Uh, right out of high school, I was offered a position as a part-time activities assistant, and I, you know, I took it. I was out of high school and looking for a new job. Sure. And um, thought it would be fun. And I started in the activities department and um, quickly realized that this was going to be much more than a job. And um, it was a skilled nursing unit. And um, I very quickly started to get to know each of the residents and uh, learn their stories and uh, fell in love, honestly. Uh, so... <laughs> It started at a young age, uh, which was humbling for me, too, um, yeah. at 18 and, and working with individuals that were in their 90s plus. Yeah. Um, so. Now, what made you, um, because you're here, you know, in your blog to help caregivers, because I, I'm sure you, I, I'm sure um, working, you know, in, in the nursing home, you would see the struggles caregivers face. Yes, uh, definitely. Um, so primarily, I've, I've worked in senior living. Um, okay. So I work with a lot of professional caregivers, but I also saw the struggles that family caregivers were going through. Um, 
whether that was just having to make that decision, whether or not they made the right decision to move their loved one into a nursing home, um, if that wasn't their, um, if their parents hadn't made that decision already. Um, but then also I, I realized really quickly in activities it was kind of unique because I was always focused on their emotional well-being. And I was able to form all of these wonderful relationships that I still hold dear to myself today. While professional caregivers and family caregivers are, are kind of left to focus primarily on their physical needs right. and medical needs. And I think we all know how overwhelming that can be. Yeah. And it leaves little time to focus on emotional well-being. And how did you do that, you know, focus on the the emotional well-being? Well, I I think in a variety of ways. I mean, luckily in activities, you kind of are guided by a, um, a general calendar of, of the day-to-day events. And But over the years, you really start to get to know each individual. Yeah. And you start to identify patterns and... Um, and what works and what doesn't work. So sometimes it's trial and error. Right. Um, but I think for me, it was it was kind of unique because I got to know the individuals after a diagnosis. So I really didn't have much context of who they were throughout their adult life. Okay. Um, I, I was meeting them, you know, with dementia. Right. And I had to get to know them with dementia. Right. And so you would you would by by seeing them probably every day you would kind of understand you know what how how they moved how they thought you know what mm-hmm. you can do or what you couldn't do and it is it is trial and error um, yeah now uh, talk to me a little bit about um, you had you know mentioned to me we were talking non non medical dementia care what is that yes. Um, so I, I, especially when I write any of my um, articles on the upside to aging, I really want to stress that I don't provide medical advice. Right. I don't have a medical background. Um, the tips and tricks, as I like to call them, are really just based off of my own um, experience of seeing what works and what doesn't work. And... Um, you know, things like validation therapy or empathy training or or concepts like staying in the person's reality, which I've learned over the years, um, all offer more holistic approaches to dementia care. And and uh, what is the what is validate? Could you tell for our you know our listeners that may not know what is validation therapy? Sure. Yeah. Um, validation therapy is. A really, I think it's one of the most important aspects of dementia care, and it's it's really just acknowledging um, the person. So, uh, no matter the, the situation, whether they be maybe they're really anxious in that moment, right. um, validation is going up to that person and acknowledging their anxiety. You know acknowledging that they're upset and showing them that by either the facial expressions that we show them or, um, you know, so mirroring their face. So if they look worried, we 
respond with a worried look as well to validate that we see them. Okay. That we see that they're anxious. Um, but then also to, you know, offer reassurance and gentle reassurance and, and listen if that's possible, listen to what they're telling us, even if sometimes that doesn't make, um, make complete sense to us. Right. Maybe we don't understand the, the, the words that they're saying, but we can listen to their um, tone of voice and many times understand what's going on. And then you also talked about um, staying in reality. What, 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 did, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, so staying in the reality of, of someone. I think anyone who has worked with somebody or, or knows somebody that has um, now further on dementia, I, I do want to also say this is not – I don't want to generalize right. on all dementia, um, but those who may be further along um, in the process um, have are often, um, you know, reminiscing about earlier days yeah. for them. So, so they might um, say, "Oh, I want to go home," right. and they're referring to their childhood home, or. They may say, oh, I'm late for work, or I have to pick up the kids from school. And I, many caregivers have an innate, I, I think it's just the natural response to protect them and say, oh, no, you're fine. You're here. You're at such and such place, and your kids are all grown up now. Right. And that can be a bit jarring. So... Staying in the reality is allowing whatever the reality may be play out. And even if that means we have to play along. Okay. Um, and it, it, it often works for them. It, it, it goes back to that validation. So if they say, you know, if, if a woman says, oh, I want to, I have to go pick up my children. So you would say, oh, yeah, it's, you, we do have to do that at, at two o'clock or so as not to get them so anxious, you know, not to, because if you do put them, I guess, and say, no, you're here and this is where you are, you can tell they're going to get confused and anxious. Is that? Yes, because essentially you're saying that you're going to leave their children wherever they think <laughs> that their children are. And, um, you know, we're just going to leave them that are stranded. Um, I, I think you can also redirect. So, um, and I, I don't want to, I, I like to call it therapeutic lying. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're not necessarily lying to them. Right. Um, but you're, you're engaging in, in the, in this scenario that they've that they're living in and um that might be just to say oh we'll pick up your kids later or somebody is already gonna pick them up and then maybe talk about what you want to have for dinner that night okay so you do redirect them so molly we have so much more to discuss but first if you're a woman or there's a woman in your life there's something you need to hear I want to tell you about my friend Katie. Katie is a nurse and she was attacked on her way home from work. 
She was totally taken by surprise, and although Katie is only five feet tall and 106 pounds, she was easily able to drop her six foot four, 250 pound attacker to his knees and get away unharmed. Katie wasn't just lucky that day, she was prepared. In her pocketbook, a harmless looking lipstick, which really contained a powerful man-stopping aerosol propellant. It's not like it was in our grandmother's day. Today, just going to and from work or to the mall can have tragic consequences. The FBI says a violent crime is committed every 15 seconds in the United States, and a forcible rape happens every five minutes. And chances are, when something happens, no one will be around to help. It looks just like a lipstick, so no one will suspect a thing, which is important since experts say getting the jump on your attacker is all about the element of surprise. Inside this innocent-looking lipstick is the same powerful stuff used by police and the military to disarm even the most powerful armed aggressor. In fact, National Park Rangers use the very same formula that's inside this little lipstick to stop 2,000-pound vicious grizzly bears dead in their tracks. It's like carrying a personal bodyguard with you in your purse or your pocket. Darkness brings danger. Muggers and rapists use darkness to their advantage. We all know what it's like to be walking at night and hear footsteps coming at us from behind. Who's there? If it's somebody bad, will you be protected? Your life may depend on it. My friend Katie's close call needs to be a wake-up call for all of us, myself included. Pick up a lipstick bodyguard and keep it with you always. Were you ever young? You're listening to Parents Are Hard to Raise. Now, thanks to you, the number one elder care talk show on planet Earth. Listen to this and other episodes on iTunes, Google Play, and on demand using the iHeartRadio app. So I want to thank our new listeners in Anderson, South Carolina. <laughs> Sorry. They're making faces in the booth there. Bowling Green, Kentucky, Naples, Florida, and Galway, Ireland. I hope I pronounced that properly. Welcome. We're so happy to have you as listeners. And we're here with Molly Wisniewski, the founding editor of the UpsideToAging.com. So Molly, um, why did you start the Upside to Aging? What prompted you to do that? Yeah, um... Well, after I graduated, I found that I had a whole bunch of more time on my hands. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I also, in um, you know, in conversation with other caregivers, I realized that my experience um, in you know forming these these personal relationships with individuals living with dementia um, was not unique, but that I had a, um, a perspective that um, a lot of you know, professional family caregivers don't, aren't able to have right. because of their focus on, you know, the physical demands of caregiving. Yeah. So I really saw the upside to aging as an opportunity to, you know, highlight um, highlight and validate caregivers that it is difficult but that um, I'm a firm believer that everyone deserves to have a um, happy and healthy relationship with their loved one living with dementia. 
and that's that's a wonderful way to put it because you know you you've witnessed as I and and you know the caregivers who are listening I mean it, it is such a it, it's such a it can be so stressful you know and they're concentrating on doing what they have to do and you know making sure mom eats and making sure she's taken care of and she's dressed and bathed and you have to go to work and you have so many you know things pulling at you so it, it is really refreshing the way you're um you know, you're advocating for the for the help for the caregivers. Yeah, I think it's important because ultimately it comes down to the care that's going to be provided to the individual. And um, the best care comes from a caregiver that's able to take care of themselves as well. That's right. That's right. And that's the t- that's a, such a tough thing, you know. Um, we constantly in in the different shows are saying you know you you do have to take care of yourself but it's like all of us it's easier said than done at times so right <laughs> just, of course <laughs> of course and now what are some of the meaningful activities that family caregivers can do with their aging parents sure um i think that there you i love that you say that, that you know they are focusing on so many other things and one of my missions or, or hopes is to provide easy ways to incorporate activities into the day-to-day. So whether the family caregiver is living with the individual or if they're just going over there, um, even if their their mom and dad are, are living in a you know a nursing home setting, right. um, that's you know they're still focused on so many other things that meaningful activities throughout the day um, are really important and easy to incorporate if you put them in the context of normal day-to-day tasks. So music is such a powerful tool, and there are so many ways, so many times throughout the day that music can be used. Um, And particularly for uh, individuals living with dementia, putting on music that they know and love. Right. Um, so some of the the good classic oldie songs, um, that the sing along songs, that they're going to be able to, um, if they don't remember the words, they'll remember the melody and they'll be able to you know tap their foot, and it's just an enjoyable moment. And that music can be played throughout the day, so it doesn't have to be um, you know a schedule. Let's carve out some time to listen to music. Um, another activity that can is easily picked up and put down, uh, especially for those who may have um, that are needing reminiscing uh, a lot. They're they're really asking to go home a lot, or they're they love talking about you know a specific time period. Is a life memory board, and oh, okay. like I said, this can be picked up and put down on a rainy day, uh, use a lot of the old photos that are kind of probably collecting dust in the back of the closet anyway, to bring them out and sort through them. And um, I often say ask the, the person if they have a specific time, but if they're not able to communicate that, then the, you know, the caregiver can pick a, a time that they think would um be most beneficial so maybe that's um 
when they got married or they had their first child. So finding pictures from that time and creating a memory board of, of pictures or maybe old recipes. Um, huh, okay. And then and that's a great tool too because once it's done, you can kind of put it up and present it. And you know, when other family come over or friends come over to visit, it's a great talking piece as well. And, um, and I guess it's something you can do, you know, together, right? Uh, yes, yes. It's so important to do it together because often the the family member gets to learn a little bit more too, um, which is great. And and they help with the cutting and the right. glue and <laughs> yeah. yeah all of that. Um, but then there's also cooking projects uh, that oh, okay. I I think a lot of times because we get so busy that we tend to leave out the person right. or the individual living with dementia because it might take more time. But if there's one meal a week that is set aside that you both choose a recipe together. It could be a new one or an old family recipe and um, allowing the, you know, the stirring and the pouring of the ingredients um, is really great for motor skills as well. So you have to eat and right. it, it's it's almost a win-win for everybody involved. Plus they're, they're being engaged and you're offering them purpose because while they may need around-the-clock care, that doesn't necessarily mean that they can't give as well. Yeah, you know, that's a, that really is, a, you know, a, a great idea because, because everyone's busy and so you, you kind of have mom sitting, you know, in the, just sitting and you're trying to get dinner together, you know, and, and do things right. and rushing around. So um, that really is a wonderful idea. Yeah, what, yeah and it, it helps a lot. So, What are some other um, non-medical interventions, you know, and how can these activities help in providing care? Sure, yeah. Um, I think one of the, uh, a big one, and, and they're not so much an activity per se, but uh, midday tends to be a particularly uh, difficult time for individuals living with dementia. There's a lot of commotion going on. They've had to process a lot already throughout the day. So whether that's um, meeting new people or it, it just, it, maybe they're just ready to take a, a nap. Right. <laughs> um, there's a lot of stimulation. So I, I like to dim the lights um, around 2 o'clock in the afternoon and it doesn't have to be for long about 15 minutes to a half hour and and put some quiet music on in the background okay and it's a really a great um intervention for particularly for individuals that are living with dementia because it it offers the the dimmed lights will naturally um kind of cue them to oh it's 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 time to quiet down Okay. And I've used this time and time again, and it's so helpful, and it, it offers such a respite, I think, to the caregiver as well. Yeah. Um, to just kind of have that moment of peace. Quiet, too. Yeah, for both right. of them. Yeah. Right. Um, but then, you know, at the start of the day, um, I think it's really important to 
have a little morning stretch and even a bit of trivia. Ah, okay. So, <laughs> yeah, so starting um, both you and um, they, you know, the caregiver and the, their loved one can stretch together. It doesn't have to be for long. I mean, doctors recommend, I think it's a half hour <laughs> right, right these days, but it doesn't have to be that long. Yeah. Um, but that stretching offers them time to kind of orient themselves. So okay. they're waking up, they're, they're kind of getting their bearings, um, which may take a little longer than, you know, for us, we might be able to just jump out of bed and go. Right. Um, you know, for them, they, they need that time to acclimate. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Right. right. Um, but then following that up with a bit of trivia and trivia that they, they would know. So I, I always like to go to the fun, um, finish my line so it's raining cats and dogs you know a penny for your thoughts. Ah, okay things that that are going to be really easy recall um for them so that's both validating for them you know that they still have that but it also gets the the brain going a little bit and and be ready for the day yeah that's a great idea now, how do we how do we get in touch with you, Molly? And can you tell us also, you know, your website? Tell us. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, so the the website is theupsidetoaging.com, and the contact information is on there. And I'm always um, I, I love to listen to other people's stories, and I learn from you know personal experiences, and and we welcome others to share their own experience with us. So. Uh, everyone's welcome. <laughs> I think this is information that everybody uh, can really benefit from. Definitely, definitely. Molly, thank you so much for being here. You're a great elder care advocate. Well, well so are you, Diane, and, and thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I hope this episode helped you with something you may be dealing with at the moment. Please keep emailing your questions and comments and share as much detail as you can because listeners just like you come here each week for insight and inspiration and your story can also help someone else. Diane at parentsareheartoraise.org or just click the green button on our homepage. If you found something helpful in this episode, episode 69, subscribe to our show on iHeartRadio, iTunes, or your favorite podcast app. And I'd be so grateful if you'd share this episode with your family, coworker, and friends. Episode number 69, Parents Are Hard to Raise is a Countersink Media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. Our New York producer is Joshua Green. Our broadcast engineer is Well Gambino. And from our London studios, the melodic voice of our announcer, Miss Dolly D. Thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to reading your comments and can't wait till we meet up again on the next episode of Parents Are Hard to Raise. Till then... May you forget everything you don't want to remember. And remember everything you don't want to forget. See you again next week.